Tonight, plans for the Palpatine Imperial Museum and Library in Monument Plaza have been placed on hold, pending a senatorial hearing on whether or not it's in good taste, given the outcome of the Galactic Civil War. And pirates in space! That's it. We're doing a report on pirates. In space! At 11. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Hoth Topics, a podcast about Star Wars. I am Ian, and I am currently suffering from some sort of planet-borne illness. Joining me this week is John, a dysfunctioning medical droid who is giving me the wrong medicine. How's it going, John? Dysfunctionally. Oh. Well, you should get that checked. Get your get your firmware updated. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I have, uh, I can find no logical flaw in the statement, unfortunately. We've been up to uh, a bunch of Star Wars stuff lately. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Been uh, hanging out with San Diego Sabres. Every time I go there, I discover a new muscle that gets sore. It's still standing up and sitting down like an old man, but uh, it happens quicker. So I guess uh, things are changing. You just ordered a, a new Sabre, right? I did. That'll be on Monday? Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly Monday. I hope so, because I've been practicing and half-sparring with a blade that is roughly 16 inches long, which is about a quarter or a third of the length of everyone else's sword, so it's been not fun, because I don't move fast, and you need to move fast when you're doing the short blade thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things. Uh, we, we tried to spar just on our own, and we discovered a problem with if John moves in to strike me. My blade is already hitting his helmet by the time he gets to me, unfortunately, just because of the shortness of the sword. But uh, yeah, we've been up to that. That's been a good time. Um, the exterminator guy that came to my house this morning recognized my t-shirt and uh, we started talking about nerd stuff and uh, gave him a, gave him a podcast button. It said his kid was very much into Star Wars. So Marcus, I think his name was. So if you're listening, Marcus, hey, what's up? Thanks for tuning in. But you know the other thing... That's going on in Star Wars right now, John? Um, no. There's been a lot of talk about what kind of new Star Wars series is, is we're going to get on the streaming platform. You know, we, we've already talked about we got The Mandalorian, and it's going to be a Cassian something or other. So it's a, it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan, because there's a lot of content coming out. What I thought we'd discuss today is what are some of our dream projects? Like, if we were the ones heading up development and we got to just wave our magic wand and say, all right, now we're making this series. Like, what kind of stuff would we want to see? I could see this happening. I did, there will definitely be words said. I can I can agree with this. Okay, yes. excellent. Fantastic. Well, yeah, so let's get to it then. Starting off, you know, before we, we launch into... Uh, our own personal picks. I think it's it's really interesting that after this huge amount of speculation that we were going to get in Obi-Wan series and then we weren't going to get one and now we are going to get one and we still don't really know what format it's going to be in, if it's going to be a series, miniseries, movie. It, it's, it seems to me, however, that we are going to get an Obi-Wan something just with all the buzz and that would have been one of the things on my list. Had it not been semi-announced, I'm not sure if it's even confirmed. I think Disney has not denied it, so everyone is taking that as it's happening. Yeah, but that's what happened last time, too. About which... About Obi-Wan. Back, there was a point in time where 
we were like, we're getting an Obi-Wan movie. And then some news came out that said, no, we're not. And so everybody stopped talking about it. Mm. And then recently we got, hey, we're getting an Obi-Wan something. And everybody's like, yes. So take that with a grain of salt. But I would like an Obi-Wan something. That is uh, preferably, if I were the one in charge of it, I would make it a miniseries, like TV format, no more than like six episodes and tell a story that way where he never leaves Tatooine. Maybe going over some of the stuff we see in the comics with his his journal that Luke has in the comics. So it sounds like we might be getting something, and if we are, that's that's what I would do. What are your what are your feelings on Obi Wan Project, John? Honestly, never been interested in an Obi Wan Project. Mm-hmm. I figured um, you wouldn't be, especially with the rumors that have been circling around forever. Different projects that him being sitting on Tatooine, I could not see where any of the stories would be interesting. And watching an old man sit around. Like him versus the environment, he does anything that uses his power, his 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 force powers, or uses his lightsaber on anyone. All that does is jeopardize him and jeopardizes Luke. So I can't see him ever doing anything other than just standing around and well, it's, watching what Luke does. It's interesting you say that because that to me sounds like something where it's a struggle that that internal struggle of him, you know, trying to cope with protecting luke and also usurping he has to he has to put aside his jedi way of interfering and helping people in order to continue that protection and sometimes he actually did intervene if we look at the comics it's something that it's explored where he was kind of intervening like there were pirates coming out to water pirates during a drought coming out to attack and raid the lars homestead and take their water and he essentially had to deal with taking them out without leading on to the fact that he had the ability he did. So to me, I think exploring something like that could be interesting. Even if it's just like a one episode, one hour special sort of thing. Not a whole movie. I I can kind of see it if they did. Like you said a miniseries, and I think that any Star Wars story should be told either as a full series or as a miniseries. Like I don't, like a one-shot movie for a lot of things. You tend not to get a lot of information through them. So with the trilogies, we have the trilogies, and then they have the things in between them. But if we were just going to do a a one-off Obi-Wan film, I feel like you're not going to be able to get enough information through there. But if you did a, a miniseries or even have each episode or, like, hour-long episode of something, um, hour and a half, like, maybe a, uh, I don't want to say it's like a made-for-TV movie length sort of thing that where it was each each one was a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily all. There would be the overall what Obi-Wan's doing on Tatooine sort of story, binding it together, but not having like... One continuous storyline. Yeah, having, having... The, having the second episode be uh, directly affected by the first episode. Like I'm watching, you know, a to-be-continued of NCIS or something like that. Sure. I kind of like the idea of very... So, stories that add to the overall narrative but are self-contained in themselves mm-hmm. where i don't need to see episode three or episode or episode three that doesn't make sense i don't need to see episode one of the series to really get need to know what's going on in episode two it would just right. you know just help fill in the background yeah i actually uh, uh in my notes i wrote down a short story series where each episode is a different story mm-hmm. and i think that's that's where we can explore stories that for we we can use that to try out different genres you know yeah 
And we can also use that to kind of tell the stories that in an overall narrative, Star Wars narrative, like there, there are certain rules in a, in Star Wars narrative, at least in, in film so far where, you know, we can't make the bad guys too sympathetic or if we're, if we're focusing on an Imperial, they will turn into a rebel at some point or they're just like the bad guy. And so, and, and because of the way Star Wars is told and like the, the pseudo narrative laws of it, it's really hard to tell stories that are continuing and a part of that. So I think this, uh, having a short series like that would be a great place to like have an Imperial sympathizer story, have a Sith story where we feel sympathy for that character and be like, oh yeah, you know, like maybe they have some points about this, that, or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, without having to break quote unquote law of good guys always need to triumph over the bad guys. And we only, we don't root for the evil people. So, and such, and so on. Does that make sense? I think I know what you're saying. The only, only thing I'd, I'd have to say, like slightly on the, to take the other side of that coin is I think that sometimes we as fans take the franchise too seriously. And so having things that are more gray area related stories i think kind of goes against what the the fairy tale fantasy of what star wars is right about. that's exactly what i'm saying though. okay I'm, I'm saying like the overarching plot will always be that fairy tale mm-hmm. sort of story in a series like this where they're just one-off episodes that's when you can explore those gray areas a little bit more and like that that's because they're self-contained units you know mm-hmm. like that's the appropriate place for those so, like, we, we'll meet this character in this episode, and we'll leave this character at this episode, but it doesn't impact the overarching Star Wars archetype. My biggest fear with a lot of modern filmmaking and storytelling of old story, like, characters and stuff that have been around for a while is that, and Ian, you know this about me, is that I do not like the Dark Knight series, right. the Batman series, because to me, they made Batman too realistic, too... Dark, gritty. Not even necessarily the dark gritty thing, but they they tried to make it more grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, with Batman, he's the best one to do that with, as he is a rich boy with no powers. Right. So you can do that, but it it created this trend of where every movie had to be dark. Yeah, I guess dark gritty and realistic, and the mm-hmm. we we lost a little bit of the suspension of uh, belief. Suspension of disbelief. Thank you. Yeah. I think by losing that in some of these mediums, we we lose the fun that can be had in some of these things. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like that's why there's a group, group of people out there that didn't like The Last Jedi as much. Mm. Because it didn't feel, at least maybe to them, that that, that fantasy aspect of the series was discarded. See, which is kind of how I felt the first time I watched it. I kind of felt like, this doesn't feel like the Star Wars movies I like, but the more I watched it, and the more that I compared it to the prequel trilogy, mm-hmm. you know what? It's just another trio of stories told in a different way. I'm like, okay, I'm fine with this now. I think that movie was made to address that issue with Star Wars. Where we have that, we have that, uh, we overthink and we overhype and we yeah. we nitty gritty it. And I think what Ryan Johnson did was kind of take that thought process and be like, he applied it to the movie, and then at the end of the movie, he brought it back to what it is. It was it was an examination of all right. Well, this is what Star Wars would look like if we abandoned the that fantasy aspect. But in the end, the message was 
that of it doesn't matter how grim dark things get we're always going to come back to that hope thing mm-hmm. and with jj finishing out the trilogy i think we're going to get way more of a, a lighter sort of hopeful ending to the whole thing yeah so um which i'm fine but, with because that's how the original trilogy was. even if it's right. a retread of the original trilogy that's fine right I think a lot. I think a lot of people forget that Empire Strikes Back doesn't really end on a hopeful note. No, they've not completely at all. failed on everything they've tried to do. They couldn't hold Hoth. Luke's missing a hand. Yeah, Luke's missing a hand. Well, Luke abandoned his training. Right. For selfish reasons. Yep. He wanted to save his friends, but bigger Luke picture. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he loses the his hands. Picture. Finds out his his poppy his pops is the bad guy. Right. Han is sold off to a pirate or right. sold off to a gangster. And the the Lando's rebel, the rebel fleet his... is a handful of ships on the edge of the galaxy. Right, like it doesn't end on a hopeful note. And then uh, Jedi starts off kind of they're slowly building that back up. Luke goes right. to rescue his friends, but succeeds this time. He finishes his training. He cuts off his dad's hand. You know, mm-hmm. rolls reversa. Obi, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in seeing where that goes. Yeah, but as that, that as that ties into what we're talking about, right? Uh, which is what we'd like to see mm-hmm. i think you and i can both agree that whatever the outcome is of nine we're excited to see it yeah i don't really want to speculate on what's going to happen in nine because which is I not do, i don't care yeah which is what not what we're doing <laughs> here anyway these are and 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 to to bring it back like you know the dark and gritty side stuff you know there is an audience for that yeah and a series like this where they're one-offs could really be where that thrives because the very next episode we can have a comedy and we could have a completely different story well, and a completely different tone. That's when they, when they first started talking about the star Wars story films, Rogue One. So right. they, they mentioned that like one of the things they wanted to do with this is try different themes and different like film styles. And we really haven't gotten it. We've kind of looking, just gotten actiony looking back on it. I don't think that was ever going to work with feature length films. I think that the streaming platform and the the short the the TV style story format is going to be where those thrive. Yeah. Um, and honestly, on on the on the grimdark point, I my, my feeling is that Rogue One is about as grim and gritty as Star Wars is ever going to get, and that's you know that's pretty mild compared to <laughs> some of the stuff that we've been talking about. But uh, let's get into let's get into a little bit more specifics. It's funny because like the, the the you mentioning that was it was literally the last note that I wrote. Oh really? Because <laughs> <laughs> I figured I'd close on that, but I was like, oh no, this is actually a great opportunity to talk about this. So in terms of like type of stories that you'd want to see, for me, it'd be interesting to see a live action series in the vein of Clone Wars, not about the Clone Wars, but just kind of following a similar format where. You kind of get a couple episodes of a of a of a story and a resolution, and there's like the overarching plot, but we're allowed to jump around and kind of follow these little story arcs, you know. So you want it would be kind of like Star Trek, yeah, kind of like Star a, Trek, where Star Trek there's always like okay, so we'll go go with the, the next generation. I'm a big Star Trek nerd also as well. So next generation, like the focal point is the the captain uh, the the main bridge crew characters and the ship. 
Right. Is that something you'd like? Well, like it's it's there's there's something that brings all these stories together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought that'd be kind of interesting. In fact, I guess I wrote the same thing down twice because, well, it's sort of different. But I did mention Star Trek in another one of my. Oh really? Yeah, another one <laughs> well, of my notes. But like Star Trek. In terms, in terms of the story structure, yeah, I think that that's a that's a good uh, kind of comparative. To what well, I'm it'll, about. it'll be interesting because having Star Trek fans and having Star Wars fans as friends, you always find that Star Wars was the one that had the good movies, and Star Trek was the one with the good storytelling shows. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very interesting to see how how the Star Wars stories how they translate to a. Oh, uh, well, you know what? That's. That's not even an argument because we've had Clone Wars, we've had yep. Rebels, we have Resistance, yep. and they're doing fine. So and Filoni was helming. And Filoni was helming Mandalorian, right? So, or at least involved in it. Yeah, he was, so. he was directing a couple episodes. Yeah, they had a bunch of guest directors and stuff. Tons so, of directors. Yeah, there was like nine directors. I know we talked about them before. Yeah, uh, Favreau is. Favreau's one heading that. Taika Waititi, Bryce Dallas Howard, Bryce Dallas Howard, yeah. I got to figure out again what I was watching <laughs> that referred to Bryce Dallas Howard as the franchise killer. <laughs> and I don't remember what it is, and I know it's not fair to call her that no. at all, but I don't, I don't know what it is, but yeah, I, I enjoy saying it every time I see her name. So, uh, what about you? Give me one. Give me a specific. Well, you know that I am a fan of the Galactic Civil War era. Mm-hmm. And something that I've always I've always wanted that Resistance has kind of done is to tell a story of people living under the rule of the Empire that aren't rebels, that aren't Imperial, that are just... I want to know what the common folk are up to. I think 1313 would have been a good chance to see what that would have been kind of about, even though it's more the criminal underworld. But I've always found it interesting that we always see... We always see the rebels who are generally from incredibly oppressed worlds. Mm-hmm. And we always see the Empire as like the tyrannical, overbearing, over, yeah. overbearing military power on the out, these outer worm worlds where where the, you know, the poorest of the poor are living sort of thing. But I, t- I think people tend to forget that the Empire existed for 20 years and there were, there were worlds that weren't negatively affected by this all that much, like... Uh, Corellia became an incredibly shipbuilding planet industry. So, like in Solo, we we see like, oh, like the Empire is oppressing these people, and they have to turn to a life of crime. Well, that's just the people that live on the streets. I mean, there's people in that space uh, spaceport that are clearly just traveling mm-hmm. as a, every day is a normal day sort of thing. There's people that work in those factories because you know that's how they feed their family. Yeah, Tam and, was one. Yeah, in, Tam from uh, Resistance, Resistance was saying that. Yeah, which um, is a fair point. Now. Playing devil's advocate here, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, where where is the story there for you? Because I I hear that, and the the first problem that pops into my mind is is we're looking at people under the empire who are not directly affected by the evil of the empire. So we're just watching dudes do their jobs. I'm, so well, where where's what like uh, uh, give well, me a little bit more. What what I've always been interested in that we don't ever really get because because of the what what Star Wars is. Like, I would love to see a sitcom that's just based in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. You know, something like... What's what's a good example? I don't know, like Family Matters. 
like Seinfeld. Something that just like takes place in that universe and just seeing like how people just live. Sure. I, I've always found that like really interesting. We never really see that because all the stories we get are about about the Civil War, right. about the Clone Wars, or about whatever they're calling the war in the sequel trilogy. It's a, it's, it's a good point. It's, it's, it's been going for all of... It, it doesn't have a name yet. Two days, I believe. Yeah. By right. the end of Last Jedi. <laughs> so, and so like we kind of get it with Resistance. With we have, we have Kaz who is spying for the Resistance, but then everyone else that's around him are just living their lives. Right. And there's there's story in that. There's adventure in that. Mm-hmm. Is what we've seen. Um, like my favorite stories from the Clone Wars are the ones with Hondo, and he's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. He's He's a bad guy, but he's not a terrible guy. Yeah. So I, I think, and again, that's where I go back where I think 1313 would have been a great way of doing that, where you still have, uh, because it's crime in the underworld, so you'd still right. have that kind of intrigue and adventure, but right. it wouldn't necessarily always be, oh, we need to we need to rob this Star Destroyer so we can give plans to the rebels or sort of thing. It could be we, we're, we're taking out the Star Destroyer because it's, blocking our smuggling routes mm-hmm. or even simpler um i need to go for my my learning fruit what <laughs> i need to go farm my merlin fruit is that what you said my my, my fruit uh let's, um let's go find out what's going on on ryloth yeah i guess i guess my uh, the thing that that gets me is and i actually like one of the things that i wrote down is like having an actual straight up comedy in the Star Wars universe would be kind of cool, but it would be hard to do anything like that that didn't have some sort of conflict element in it. Like just a straight up slice of life would be hard because it because it's Star Wars, right? Um Well, yeah, and I guess yeah. the thing that I want is something that because I know it it can't work like I would love a Star Wars movie or show that didn't have Jedi's in it. The one thing that makes Star Wars unique to other sci-fi properties, I'm just I just kind of want to see what that. So, so far, Resistance has been doing a good job yeah. of keeping the Jedi in the dark. I'm I'm, I'm like eighty percent sure that we're going to find out Kaz's force. But uh, when it, when I wrote down the comedy thing, I said you know po- possibly like a comedy of errors type thing. A couple individuals get some zany scheme to profit off of uh, something or another, and they just have to dodge their way through navigating the conflict of the galactic civil war. If we promise, you know, the huts and the empire the same amount of fruit and give them half of each shipment, we'll be able to survive. And like you know, some, something something weird like that. Just, just, just a live action with Hondo and Aka. Yeah, I mean, that would be amazing. He's hilarious because it'd be a comedy because that's just his personality, yeah, but it's, it's not necessarily comedic. Uh, right. It's not like a a canon breaking. Sure, sure, sure. But you sure, know, sure. I think there's room for to explore different tones. Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of like going back to the first point that we had at the very beginning of this episode that. A lot of these, a lot of these concepts would be better explored as like micro series. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think a three or four episode story about people's daily life in the Star Wars universe would be enough to satisfy me on that. Oh yeah, no, and because I, think... I know that that's not. I am in the minority of people that want that, and so I will concede a other more action oriented, more Star Wars feeling stories to other people. I feel like. That idea is something that people don't 
know that they would want until they had it. Very much, very much in the vein of how some people feel about Last Jedi, you know? They're just like, this is not at all what I imagined would happen, but now that I have it, I very much enjoy it. It's kind of like the... And then there's the... The, the Marvel, the Netflix Marvel shows that were all canceled, where there's there's the main MCU. Right. right? And then there's these television series about these stories about people just existing in that world. They have superpowers, sort of. obviously, but... Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of along those lines of... There's a bigger universe in the the film franchise, so let's tear that down a little bit and just go see what the, the everyday, the roading on the streets up to. Sure, yeah. The Underworld Ugnaught. It's got to be alliteration. One thing that I, you know, we've kind of heard being tossed around for one of maybe like the, the non-trilogy trilogies is a Old Republic style thing, and as, as the... Jedi fanboy that I am, that's something that I would like to see examined. Kind of like the 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 height of the Old Republic, the height of the Jedi being Jedi. Because I, as I keep having to tell people who use the the Jedi are bad argument, the Jedi that we see in in the the prequel trilogy are not at their ideal. Mm-hmm. That is the, the beginning of the end for them. And they were making a lot of mistakes along the way. I think it'd be really cool to kind of see them at their peak and against an enemy that was at their peak in the Sith. And I know that's like not your jam, but it's, it's something that I would like to see. Well, uh, see for, for me, that would actually be interesting to see them fight an equivalent. Right. Like I would love to see them fight the Sith, not because I'm a Sith fan, but because what we see are, imagine an army of Supermans running right. around. Now, that story by itself is kind of boring. Right. But an army of Supermans versus an army of, not Bizarro Supermans, would be an army of Darksides. Sure, yeah. Or, uh, Darkseid killed Superman. Who else killed it? Uh, Doomsday? No, Doomsday. Doomsday. Is it Doomsday? Yeah. You get the point. The, yeah, yeah. Or a better example. A army of the Flashes versus an army of Doctor Zooms or Zoom, Professor Zoom, just Zoom, whatever the yellow one. Uh, uh, anyway, I guess so. Can you tell we're not as deep into other things on this show? I used to watch a lot of Justice League Unlimited. That's where all my superhero knowledge comes from. My side tangent: my favorite scene in Justice League Unlimited was when Lex Luthor takes uh, oh, takes over the Flash's body, and he's like. Finally, I will know the. At least I will know the Flash's secret identity. He takes his mask off. I have no idea who this is supposed to be. <laughs> See, my favorite also has the Flash, and it's when he goes to the Rogues Gallery bar and just checks in <laughs> to make sure that the villains that he's uh, recently released are taking their medication and making sure, like, seeing if you there's doing anything okay, he can buddy? do for them. You know? I thought that was so cool. Yeah. Why uh, can't Marvel have cool superheroes like that? <laughs> Disney. Wow. Wow. Shots fired. <laughs> Um, so one of the things that makes me nervous about uh, some of the projects come that could come out, and it's a little bit older public related and a little bit other things, is that I don't want them to do live action or animated stories of things that we have already seen in past canon or games. Yep, um, I agree with you one hundred percent. I don't want to see a Knights of the Old Republic. Rehash. I want yeah I, I I want to see Knights of the Old Republic. I don't want to see the game Knights of the Old Republic. Right. Like I would love to see Revan in a show. Right. I would love to see him as a cameo. Mm-hmm. I would love to see him as maybe 
a villain if it's dark side revan yeah or, or maybe a cameo as a hero right uh as light side revan when he comes back mm-hmm. i don't want to see a rehash of his origin because i so many people have such and like you Ian, have such a strong connection with that character because of those games because of yeah because of their philosophies from those games which were created by the player yeah absolutely. since it was a an RPG where there's multiple choice dialogues, yeah, multiple I, choice actions you could do. Only a handful of the viewer base will have made those same decisions to create right. the character that you are making in the show. Mm-hmm. Where other people, and, and we keep throwing Last Jedi under the bus under this episode, but a lot of uh, a lot of anger towards that was that the Luke Skywalker portrayed in that was not the Luke Skywalker that a lot of kids grew up with or uh, pretended to be on the playground. Yeah, so I'm really nervous to see that. Like, I would love to see a Shadows of the Empire story, mm-hmm. which might work better because the game was based off the book as opposed to. You did see a Shadows of the Empire story. It was called Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you're thinking Dark Forces. I'm thinking Dark Forces. You're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. She Shadows would work more in my line where you get to yeah. see the criminal underworld. And it, isn't it? <laughs> I love Zizier. Just they're probably going to replace him with Maul if they did it, just because yeah. it would make more sense. Yeah, no, I, no, I, I agree with you. Maul I agree dead. with you one hundred percent. And like me, as you know, I I'm someone who is very open uh, about things and like trying to be very welcoming to like everybody. And I I had a moment uh, the other week where somebody had posted something about Revan being something that I never envisioned Revan being. And I had to, like, take a moment to remind myself that Revan, as a character, was whoever the person playing Revan made them, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I had to take a moment to, like, just because I chose the way that ended up being what they chose to go with to flow into the story, that doesn't mean that somebody else didn't play it a completely different right. way and that character means something they might love that character the same amount that I do, but their character is completely different in personality, in appearance, anything like that. I, I agree with you. If I were Disney, I would be very, very careful about how they approach that. You know, you'd love to see Revan in a, in a cameo or something. I would rather they leave him out entirely. Hmm. Leave that entire thing out behind. Because no matter what you do with those characters you're going to make somebody upset. They already made people upset when they solidified the characters to to be represented in in the Old Republic game. Because in the Old Republic game, Revan is male, light side path, and in the the Jedi Exile from KOTOR 2 is female light side path. So that's excluding all of the female Revans, all of the dark side Revans. That's excluding all of the male Exiles and all of the 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 dark side exiles anybody who played those characters that way and loved those characters they were upset to learn that that's not the way people went with it now i lucked out because that's the way i played both those characters so i would rather them just create their own vision of the old republic and do something like that you know keep the keep the the basic shapes kind of like what they did with the this the the sequel trilogy you know Mm. what came before informed what's new but did not copy. You know, Thrawn That's, is a great example. Yeah, I was too. about to bring that up. Is yeah, they they when they brought him into Rebels, it blew my mind because he's my favorite Star Wars character. What what I'm glad they did is they they kept his personality. They kept 
certain aspects of the character, but not necessarily the same story of from Heir to the Empire. Uh, right. They unfortunately got rid of the forced void lizards. I love those things. Ugh. But what I, I liked is it, they brought him back. They didn't bring him back after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. They brought him back before A New Hope. And still showed him as the same character that we know him as uh, from the novels. But it didn't. It wasn't a retread of the novels. It wasn't an origin story sort of thing based on something we've already seen. It, he was just there and he did his thing and he served like the correct purpose. Mm-hmm. So if if they could do that with with those characters from the KOTOR series where they could bring them in in a way that wasn't tied to the games, mm-hmm. it, it could work out. But I think anything more than a cameo would just be detrimental yeah, to what I they're agree. trying to do. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you 100% on that one. Yeah. So I'd love to see the era, but I wouldn't want to see a retread. Mm-hmm. How about, and I think you and I have talked about this before, what about sort of like a, a noir detective style story in Star Wars? That's what I'd rather Obi-Wan's thing be about, is him going around during his heyday as a master. This is the this is the Obi-Wan thing I'd like. Okay. Every, every episode starts with Obi-Wan sitting at a fire and a young Luke Skywalker sitting there with him. We just came across that old crazy hermit in the desert, and Obi-Wan retelling stories to, to Luke. Not necessarily true stories, but definitely stories. So that, in, in that, That's actually pretty genius. And then that way you can explore different... You could do a, you could do a new war, noir detective story with Obi-Wan, which they kind of did in Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. You could do the action-adventure thing. You could do a romance with Satine. Right. You could do all these things and jump around the generations without treading Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan. Or, or like, not treading, but like... Um, stepping on. Exactly. Yeah. Treading is stepping on. There's another word, but yeah, stepping on. Yeah, without overriding that. Yeah. And heck, you know... Uh, and that's what you're, when you said, oh, like, the, Luke was reading his journals. Replace the journals with Ewan McGregor. Yeah, and it, Ewan, <laughs> Ewan McGregor looks... Ewan McGregor, he, he looks great, you know? He could, he could play all, all generations of yeah. of, uh, of Obi-Wan. That'd be fine. And uh, there's, you know, I... Uh, Even in, him doing... In the, in I, the okay. comics themselves, mm-hmm. like, there's... They kind of show... Like, it's great because you're, you know, when you're drawing, you're an artist, you can amalgamate... Uh... You can amalgamate, you know, people's faces into the same character. So they they kind of took Alec Guinness and and uh, Ewan McGregor and mushed them into to uh, a, 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 a between aged Obi Wan, and it actually looks really good. So see, and and I would actually, as much as I earlier I, I gave crap to you about, I don't want to see Obi Wan just hanging out in the desert on a TV show. I would love to see Obi-Wan hanging out in a desert doing some Batman-style 40s noir black-and-white detective stuff around Moss Eisley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, that 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 would be a great thing for it. And then this could also be a great way, um, you know, outside of Obi-Wan, this could be a great way to explore that underworld sort mm. of side to Star Wars. You know, uh, somebody, and, you know, just a random person, you know, oh, might... My, my, uh, a Coruscant high, high uh, noble sort of family. Oh, my son went missing, and they they want a ransom. You know, mm. they're asking for a ransom. They just hire 
some random schmo on level 1313 to go and and find a kid or or you know something along those lines so this is my dream series for for disney plus and i I think i I mentioned this to you a while ago and this kind of got this this going Hmm. part of me is hoping that the mandalorian the first season that's it and then the second season of whatever that is would be an entirely different story which could be the this obi-wan thing that i was telling you and instead of it being the mandalorian it's uh a show like this called Star Wars Stories. Right, right. This arc is the Mandalorian. And doing something like that or doing something where um, somebody is retelling stories from Star Wars, you can bring in EU stuff to that. If you have a storyteller setting up these stories, they don't always have to be canon. The stories being told themselves they're, can they're be canon. They're the legends. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I think would be a, a pretty interesting way of bringing some of those fan favorites in. Instead of it being separate, it's just something people tell each other in the world. Yeah, where yeah. where superhero stories have you know Earth One or Universe C. Yeah, you know <laughs> this would just be like have Moss Kanata start these things off and like oh here's a story, you know here's a story for another time. Well here's that time and like yeah, show me that. I want to. I don't care how dumb and meticulous it is. I want to know how she got her hands on the saber that is supposedly falling towards a gas giant anyway (laughs) the mandalorian we're all kind of assuming it's going to have a western feel to it from what we've been seeing but i think that that's definitely a niche that could be filled firefly style sort of on the edge of the galaxy type thing yeah you get episodes of the clone wars that were kind of like the ones that had all the bounty hunters mm-hmm. they usually felt pretty westerny yeah felt like well, the train anything heist with cad, one anything with cad bane is pretty westerny it's just the hat <laughs> it's it's the hat and it's yeah. the shooters but they had that entire uh arc with it with the when they did the train heist in umbara was it umbara I don't remember. I think it was the Umbara. only thing I remember going on on Bar is General Krell going yeah, crazy. going ape on the <laughs> this massive double <laughs> lightsabers. Oh, stories from Dex's diner. Oh, what what? There's your sitcom right there. <laughs> There's your sitcom. There's your Cheers style Seinfeld. How I Met Your Mother. Dex's See, diner is the hangout. Then you could do dumb things like it starts off with a character we know walking into Dex's diner. Like, hey, Dex, what's new? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> then yeah, exactly. Fade. Uh, fade to black. Lucasfilm, uh, we're uh, we're available for yeah, uh, absolutely. Story group, if you need us. Uh, I got a I got a script for a short one ready to go for you. So if you wanna, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> if you wanna fund it? <laughs> yeah, if you would like, if you'd like to turn my nonsense into an official uh, licensed property. An exploration style story is something that I thought too, and this is the thing that kind of tied into Star Trek for me is that, mm. you know, wild space and the unknown regions. There's still a lot there to kind of be discovered, like, and there are discovery See, forces. This is where you could get your Obi Wan film. Do outbound flight. <laughs> I don't know anything about it, so I can't. I I don't know I can't, too much about it. Either. I can't do my. I don't want them to make stories over existing stories. Oh, is argument. that the cutout? You can just uh, if yeah. You, we're not, if when you I decide, personally haven't seen it, yeah. If I, then if they can read. I have no knowledge. I just want to see dreadnoughts. Dreadnoughts are my favorite Star Warship, and they don't get any love. 
<laughs> so I want to see was it twelve of them? I think super so. glued Just... together and launched into the unknown regions. But like that could be you know a very Star Trekish feel. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and they're already like, you know, I'm pretty sure in every era there's some sort of exploratory corps going out and doing something. Like the Jedi have their own diplomatic exploratory corps. The Republic had an exploratory corps. I'm pretty sure the Empire did too, where they were just like, because it wasn't like, isn't there an entire subplot in Legends where the Emperor is like, something awful is coming from the unknown regions. Let's go find it before it uh, kills us all. Um, and depending on what source material you look at, they definitely mention there's intergal or intergalaxy travel. Yeah, intergalaxy. The, the uh, like the rendezvous. And the original, like the novelization, the rendezvous point in Hoth Topics and Empire Strikes Back is is on the it's if I remember it's either on the edge of the known galaxy or it's actually looking at the known galaxy. Yeah, and I remember we were looking at something that it had some some weird nonsense about there being a what we thought was a star cluster being just a galaxy, a smaller galaxy that orbits this galaxy. <laughs> like that. I think it was the Rishi maze or something is supposedly another galaxy. It's just dumb. It's oh, dumb. And then if, if we go Doesn't back to legends, sense. you know, the, the, the Vong, Vong are yeah. extra galactic. The Vong came from another galaxy. Uh, I see the thing about the or Vong, even even with that, that story of the exploratory set that in the older public. So you, there is no chance to, uh, cross over with these these known stories. You sure, have, you have an old Republic era exploration going out and discovering, maybe going out and discovering Dak. Or I don't yeah. know how long Dak's been around. Yeah, Dak, Dak so. seems to be a pretty popular place. Yeah, Built but ships uh, but yeah, like uh, uh, the, the side note. Side, I'm, I know you're talking about the Vong, but do you think that ships built at the Mon Calamari shipyards at Dak? Are also submersible. Um, For a hmm. water planet, do you think that their starships are also underwater ships? I I could certainly see certain models of them <laughs> being that way. All right, so the Vong. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the the weird thing about the Vong for me is that I learned about them from like my first experience with the Vong was in the Legacy comics when they had already been defeated in like the last remaining ones and have been trying to like make amends and trying to reverse the genetic, the, warfare, the genetic warfare biological weapons that wiped out planets i hear people are, are kind of lukewarm on the whole vong i couldn't care thing i never cared about the vong you know these are projects that we want to see here's a project i don't want to see because i've seen it a million times and a million different things and i it never works it's the it's the factions coming together to, to unite against a greater threat and then having to find a terrible reason to split up again so the story can continue. <laughs> I have, you know, I see it everywhere. They do it in, you know, in for Star Wars in particular. I saw it in, uh, in Old Republic. the Old Republic game. The last thing I played... 
was the planet where you're you're like you you've defeated this third faction and you are you've got your own like little group that was the you know everybody joined up and then the the sith and the republic are both like well you should join us now again because tensions are kicked up and like the entire thing is resolved in one cutscene, and it but and it's like one dialogue choice splits the factions again and it's the most it's the dumbest thing well it's it's a super sci-fi trope yeah i, I don't i don't like i it. i just watched seven seasons of deep space nine yeah and the last the last five seasons of that are basically about they find a a wormhole to a part of the galaxy that no one's been to uh they find an incredibly powerful force incredibly powerful force goes you guys are threatening us because you exist they come through the wormhole declare war on the Alpha Quadrant, which is the quadrant that most of Star Trek takes place in. And then at the end of it, you basically have the three superpowers of the Alpha Quadrant, the Federation, the Romulans, and the Klingons, all joining forces to defeat the Dominion and kick them back to their side of the galaxy. And then and then that series ended, and then, and then Voyager happened, and that took place in another... So there really was no resolution. To... See, like, but that's, like, if you're going to do the big join forces thing, end it there. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, oh, we joined forces, and then we realize that we're stronger when we're joined forces, and bring in a new foe. Like, don't don't try to split it out again for a dumb BS reason. Uh, and that's probably, like, even that might just be too much, but I just, I don't, I, I don't like the trope so much that I, I'm, I would rather... Oh, yeah. you, you don't want at the end of uh, episode nine to have the Vong show up to the First Order and yeah. whatever's left of the Republic have to, <laughs> to fight it, off the If Vong. they do, that's fine. And then they coexist afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take all the good ideas from the First Order and all the good ideas from the from the Resistance and make a make a make a little friendship club or whatever. <laughs> That's actually kind of one of the reasons why I really like the Fell Empire from the Legacy Comics is because they were just like, hey, we realized that Emperor Palpatine was this absolutely like evil dude and he did a lot of terrible stuff. However, the base idea about controlling corruption through a monarch, not terrible. And so they kind of, they like made a, an idealized version of the Empire where the Emperor was actually a benevolent dictator, kind of. So, any uh, any other uh, sort of dream wish list, genre-defining? I'm open, really, for anything except, like, what I mentioned is right. the retreading of stories that we've already we've already seen or already played. And it's, um, I think it's important to note that it's not to say that we can't bring characters back right. and, and retool them. When we first started thinking about this, I was thinking, like, I would love to see Dark Forces turned into a series. We can't do that mm-hmm. because uh, the entire story of Dark Forces, okay, maybe not the entire story, but the first level of retrieving the Death Star plans, that's been taken out of Kyle Katarn's hands now. I mean, we could still do a story about the Dark Troopers sure. and stuff. Would they still have Kyle Katarn? I don't know. I'd be kind of okay if it was the same story with Cassian. Sure, uh, yeah. I feel like Diego Luna is far more charismatic than, than Kyle Katarn was. But that being said, Kyle Katarn in the games down the road becomes a Jedi Master. Yeah. Going back to my whole, can we please just have a story without Jedis in it, please? <laughs> it's like, so I, I 
I love Dark Forces, and I enjoyed the the Jedi Academy Jedi Outcast games. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, uh, like, we in, could, in, yeah, I guess, I guess we don't want to retread, but like, uh, just like how they handled Thrawn, you know, like we can we can bring stuff in and retool them, you know, like favorite things, like that. That's See, okay, think, but that's like the limit, you know. And and again, I say that, but I feel like that's hypocritical, just because they did Thrawn justice, but that doesn't. For me, but that doesn't mean they did Thrawn justice for other people. Sure. And I kind of, like, part of me wants to see these characters that I grew up loving that are in the uh, in Legends or the part of the games. But there's also the part of me that's like, they're, they're not going to do it the way that I remembered it. Sure. And that could cause more issues. So, well, the great maybe thing... They, maybe they they tell those stories just without those characters. Yeah. Bring in new characters to do those stories. I mean, look, you're going to have someone unhappy any way you do anything. And the great thing about this podcast is that it's our podcast and we can give our opinions. So, and they're going to differ from other people's. So, but you sent me an email that said to stick, stick to the script. Uh, well, that's weird because I didn't write a script. So it says right here, Ian, definitely Ian. Definitely, Ian. That's totally me. Don't. <laughs> just don't. <laughs> it's an email I sent to John that just says don't. It says death to betrayers. That's weird. I don't, I don't think it does. I don't think that's what it says. I think you're making up stories. Star Wars Maybe just a series about the live-action animatronic Hondo that's at Galaxy's Edge now. Yeah, I was going to say, if they're going to... Here, uh, here's here's the thing. I know we don't normally cover news on the they, show, but there's an animatronic Hondo that you should look at immediately. The costume looks great. The, the facial prosthetic looks great, which means that facial prosthetic could be adapted to a mask to throw on a man or a lady... <laughs> Sure. But it's going to be voiced by the guy that the Clone Wars and Rebels, so uh, unnegotiable. And it would be just amazing. He could. It doesn't even have to be Star Wars. He could just be walking around downtown LA, just swindling people. <laughs> I'd be fine with it. Call it the Hondo Anaka Hour. He's my favorite crazy uncle. The kind of guy who's fun to be around, but probably well, wouldn't leave your younglings with. <laughs> would definitely ransom you. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely uh, steal your, your your utensils and sell them on the black market. <laughs> All right. Anything else to add, John? Um, games, shows, game shows, more Battlestar Galactica. Doesn't have to be Star Wars. Oh, it and be uh, Battlestar Galactica. One, one thing a friend of show Tim uh, has said, you know, he would like kind of like more Keldor. Yeah, more Keldor. <laughs> now, if 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 friend of show Tim were here, he would say an all Keldor uh, flight squadron taking show. place on Doria. Yeah, or wherever their home planet is. But but he has said in the past, uh, doing sort of like a a, a flight crew and kind of X wing fighter sort of rogue squadron esque story hmm. would be something that he he would he would like to see. And I think that'd be uh, that'd be really cool too. You know, get the the pilot sort of side of things and uh, um, kind of make it. You know, you mentioned Battlestar Galactica at some point. I know I heard the words. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe it was just in, in well, passing conversation. I mentioned it at least twice yeah, a day. Exactly. So, like, you know, kind of 
and one thing that I that you you recently were showing me a couple of the episodes, and I really did like the interaction with, you know, the ground crews who were getting stuff ready in the hangar bays and um, the pilots and you know the all that sort of thing. So I think that could be that could be a a big a good Star Wars thing. So you know you know the, the traditional rumor of Rogue One was the guy that wrote the script just handed handed Lucasfilm the the opening crawl for A New Hope and said, that's what I'm doing. Oh, that yeah, was a yeah. story. I think you could do the same setup for that, a, a show based on, on Hangar, like Kurt Deck Crew. Yeah. Just with Han and Echo Base going, Deck Officer! De- Deck, Deck Officer! officer. Then, that's my show. Leave. Please, how'd you get in our office? <laughs> Yet the guy behind him is going to go, many boffins, and they're going to be like, here's $20 billion. Here's a billion dollars. Yeah, go make a movie. Hire Tarantino. Good luck. Yeah. Oof. Tarantino for thirteen thirteen. Hmm. Who knows crime? Yeah, but who he knows, also who knows he, swearing. He also knows he also knows swearing and blood real good. That's what I want. Uh. <laughs> uh. Hey, maybe that'll be the way they bring Sam Jackson back. Tarantino's directing a Star Trek, so just just a just a. Just a, 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 a handless no, no, no. Mace Windu crime lord. He just comes back pulling jewels from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> He's not Mace Windu. He's just jewels. A I'm... story about Mace Windu, the former Jedi Master, and Mace Windu, the little rat dude that hangs out in the cantina bar. <laughs> I'll call it Mace and Mace. Mace and Mace. Master uh, and Mace. Master and Mace. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> So a Jar Jar right. story. Let's 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 uh, let's let's hop on this hypothetical train. How would you bring back Mace Windu? Like, what story would Mace Windu be brought back in in your mind? I'd say he. You give him Revan's story. He wakes up. He wakes up on. He wakes up on the ground somewhere. Uh-huh. Something broke his fall. Probably the bodies of other Jedi. Um... And he has amnesia. He he knows he has he's missing a hand, and then he slowly regains his uh... sure. Or he becomes a bounty hunter or something. You know, like sure. all, all force sensitives right end up doing eventually for some reason. Yep. Well, because t- if you if you bring him back, and he is Mace Windu, he is. You make the show him having to hide who he is mm-hmm. everywhere. If you bring him back as an amnesiac that has above average skills, but he doesn't understand why, and he becomes something in the criminal underworld, becomes a bounty hunter or something, then you can just openly have him wandering around. Um, it's no longer a spy thriller sort of thing where he's constantly afraid of being found out. He's actively trying to find out who who he who he who, who he be who he do. I see it as kind of like a amalgamation of the Yoda exile and the Maul kind of going crazy thing. Is he get spider hand? Like I, I see him. <laughs> I, I see if you were if I were gonna bring back Mace just off the top of my head, like it would be a post episode nine story where. Ray is doing the thing that Luke was doing, going around collecting force knowledge, and she like stumbles across crazy old Mace who serves as like a warning about 
the terrible things that led to the Jedi's fall. Kind of like what Luke was doing in, mm. uh, but like also kind of crazy. And she has to bring his, he, she brings his mind back and he becomes like the, the scarred old veteran with all the war stories that keeps, uh, keeps everything. Don't you yeah. do this back in my day. I don't feel like Mace's character would allow him to do anything but take action. And that's kind of where the crazy comes into, you know, like he's he's finally snapped and like nothing makes sense. Like his entire world doesn't make sense anymore because the Sith won, you know. So, all right. Well, anything else, John, before we close out this episode? No. No? All righty. Well, we'd like to thank everybody for joining us again for another episode of Hoth Topics, a podcast about <gasps> the Star Wars. If you would like to get a hold of us and ask us any questions, um, you can send us an email at hothpod at gmail.com or tweet us at the Twitters at hothpod. You can also find our other episodes and articles on hothtopicspodcast.com. I have been Ian. I have not. That has been John. Thank you very much, everybody. We will see you next time. Well, I guess not see you, because you're not in front of us. Or, or hear you, really. Really?